1: From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, we have three great interviews for you. The first, we have Justin Hartzman, the CEO of Coinsmart, and he's going to tell us about Canada's Bitcoin ETF. Guggen Greywall, founder of Mogul Productions, is going to tell us about decentralized movie financing. And we have Jill Carlson, founder of the Open Money Initiative and the newest member of the Mina Foundation's board. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, February 18th, 2021. I got an email today from a listener, Josh Rye. Thanks for the email, Josh. And Josh asked in the email, he said, when can we expect another crash? I heard you talking about the cycles of Bitcoin in your previous episode, going bearish and going bullish. How do we know? And obviously, we don't know. Oh, by the way, if you ever want to send me an email, MatthewAaron at Decrypt.co. Send me an email, ask any question, make any suggestion. I'll be happy to talk about it on air. But Josh, what I was implying to is the historical cycles of Bitcoin. And if you look at the whole price history of Bitcoin, which you can because it's only around 11 to 12 years old, you can see how Bitcoin reacts after the halving. And it's halving is the block reward size. Bitcoin block reward is rewarded to the miners for basically doing the work, the proof of work. They do the work, they get a reward, and the reward comes out eh, every 10 minutes or so. And it used to be 50 bitcoin and then it was 25 bitcoin then it was 12 and a half bitcoin and now it's 6.25 bitcoin for a reward and after these halving cycles around eh, usually around six months after we see the bitcoin price to start to rise a lot of people say it's to try to figure out how to manage the network load plus the rewards for the miners to keep it profitable for them to keep the network going so the price has to go up because you're getting less bitcoin reward the thing is we don't know what the high price is going to be and we don't know when this Upwards momentum is going to stop. But we do see after the halving, the price of Bitcoin does start to rise into a certain point. It's really not sure what that point is. It could be now. It could be three months from now. It could be $100,000. It could be $53,000. We don't know. And then it starts to go down. So we have higher highs and higher lows. Bitcoin back in 2013 had a high of $1,000. Then it went down to a low of under $200, I'm pretty sure. And then it slowly started to climb again. Until its next halving and it hit its all time high of $1,000 again, and then it shot up to $20,000. Well, it hit around $20,000 and then dropped back down to a low of around $3,300. And it stayed there $3,000, $5,000, $9,000, somewhere around there, you know, for quite some time, two, three years. And now we're in this cycle again. The halving happened, we went over 10 to 12 to 20, and now we're sitting at around $52,000 today. Josh, we've seen this cycle happen a couple times already. So we're pretty confident that we know that right now we are in the upward momentum after the halving cycle. When is that gonna stop? We don't know. But when it does, we have seen in the past, it'll come back down, rest at some kind of higher low, then we will have a bear market until probably in the next halving. I hope that helps, Josh. Keep listening. Thank you for writing. And let's get into those crypto prices.
2: Here comes the money. Here we go, money talk. And
1: I'm recording this at 1040 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at fifty-two thousand and seventy-nine dollars and twenty-four cents, up one point eight percent from yesterday. Ethereum one thousand nine hundred eighteen dollars and fifty cents, up six percent from yesterday. Litecoin two twenty-nine seventy-nine, up one point three percent. Chainlink thirty-two seventy-five, up three point six percent. And XRP fifty-three point seven cents, down half a percent from yesterday. Total market cap, we're looking at $1.583 trillion, up 3% from yesterday, with a BTC dominance of 61%. Can't sneeze at Binance Coin, that moved into the number four spot at almost $200 a coin right now. We're talking a market cap of nearing $30 billion. Yowzers. And moving into our conversations, in today's show we have a lot of conversations, but they're about projects that I think are very interesting First one coming up, we have Guggen Greywall, CEO of Mogul Productions. We're going to talk about decentralized movie financing. You can be an executive producer of a
3: movie. So happy to be here, Matthew. Thank you for having me, man. Mogul Platform is launching, and
1: this is called Decentralized Movies, Governing Tokens, talking about where your money goes for making movies for producing, for building your platform. This is very interesting stuff, man. Can just walk us all through it because I think this is decentralized blockchain DeFi next level. Go for it, bro. It,
3: it's, it's so, so exciting, man. I got to be honest with you. We refer to it as a decentralized film financing, DeFi 5. And really what we've created here is, I'm, I'm going to jump into the platform really quickly and then I'll talk to you a little bit about how all the pieces fit in. But really what we've created here is a platform for, getting films financed in that under $5 million range. Uh, I don't know if you've ever followed film financing, but it's very fragmented. It's very difficult to get your movies made, especially if you're a creative. So what we've done here is we've taken the power of blockchain technology, and we've kind of built it around crowd and and fans and and figured out what it is that people would like. And what we have here is a platform built for three different users. So if you're a creative in the space, Uh, actor writer producer director and you want to get a film made you submit it to our you basically sign up you submit it to our platform we take a look at it and we'll look at things like who are the actors that are attached to it Um, have you thought about where you want to film it what's the budget Uh, what are the tax credits going to look like we'll take a look at all these different pieces and and take a look at the viability if we we have some feedback for you we'll give you that feedback Uh, if we think that uh, it's a good shot we then move it forward to our showcase and our showcase is what's really kind of cool and engaging because what happens is it shows all the different movies that are looking for financing at that time. And and our fans get to then engage with and talk about the different movies that are are on there. They get excited about what's there. We find out what it it is that they're interested in. We reward them for that data with our in-app currency, if you will, called stars. Yeah, so then what happens is uh, with these stars, what's really cool about that is, is our fans get to then redeem them for some really, really cool rewards that they wouldn't otherwise have access to. So the more you engage in the platform, the more you're taking part in what we're doing here, Uh, you get to redeem that for, you know, onset visits, autographed scripts, you know, maybe a call with the producer, red carpet events, just really cool things. So creative gets to submit a project, fan gets to engage in the platform um, whichever project gets greenlit based on the fan participation, we then finance that, and then there's a, a pool of capital that uh, is, is very, you know, decentralized, and uh, people, our token holders, get to uh, decide what happens with that money.
1: Okay, so let me get a scenario here because I love yeah. movies. I I, lo- I watch movies like probably every night, and my girlfriend just it drives her crazy because I've already seen everything when she wants to watch a movie with me it drives her absolutely nuts i really want back to the future four made and so how does this work man i'm going to pitch you on that i pitch it to the stars holders the governance people and then they vote to see if we're going to get back to the future four made or how, can you tell me about just say a person a director a creator has a pitch for you wants to put it on your platform just walk me through the process
3: for, for sure so they have to have the rights to the movie you can't just be a person that comes along and says hey i want to make back to the future four you have to be somebody who actually has the authority to be able to pitch back to the future for but it's very simple you sign up to the platform if you are a creative you essentially update your um, upgrade your account to an IMD profile it attaches to your IMD profile uh, and then you submit your project and, and that's it's really that simple so if you've got the the rights to a movie you can submit that movie if you've come up with your own project uh, and you want to you know put that together and maybe it's uh, you know, alligators in an elevator, you know, whatever it might be, you can, you can submit that uh, by signing up and creating a profile.
1: Alligators in an elevator. And <laughs> that sounds like a hit.
3: <laughs> it could be, right? <laughs> um. <laughs> if, if people get excited about it, we'll make it. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's, a, that's a good one, but I
1: hope you make that. Please let me know. Please let me know. Um. What kind of money are we talking about fundraising? Because movies nowadays cost hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, the new avatars, what are they saying? Half a billion dollars to make these things?
3: Yeah, it's really up to the the $5 million US um, independent film, right? So the it could be a $60,000 budget. It could be a $1.5 million budget. It could be a $4 million budget. But we really want to focus on independent films under $5 million. Why? Uh, we just find that there's a, it's a market that gets overlooked a little bit. It's you know, you don't have to spend half a billion dollars on a movie to, to send a message. Um, I think there's a lot of content out there that gets recycled and originality really isn't being rewarded anymore. And I'm, I'm kind of tired of the same formula. It'd be nice to be able to see some new pieces out there and really encourage some new works. You take a look at, you know, some of the earlier stuff that even Christopher Nolan did with Memento and Following, and, and those weren't big budget movies, right? And, and it really helped him break through to what he wanted to do. And we'd love to see that. We'd love to see people come in and have great ideas and and be the guys that support that and the people that support that happen.
1: I think that when it comes to decentralized, well, anything, you know, and having tokenomics, I want to be part of the process of creating and getting the money to these creators and being part of that process. You know, I had somebody on um one of my previous shows years ago about tokenizing song IP rights and owning a bit of Jay-Z's next hit or uh, Beyonce's next hit. I, I think that this is a cool use case. Do you think it's going to be successful though? We haven't seen anybody do it in, in with a success yet um, where it, you're actually part of the bigger picture that it's something that's mainstream. What's going to be the catalyst to make you successful, to make this long-term and make it mainstream. So we, the movie watchers know that th- this is a thing and that we have an active role in movies.
3: Yeah, I think there's going to be a few things. Actually, the one is going to be user adoption, and what we've done is we've really created a platform that's really catered around the user, uh, the user experience, and it's for blockchain and crypto people and non blockchain and crypto people. We've created a smart wallet for someone that um, is very easy to use. I think the other is getting buy-in from the industry. You know, we've been building this platform out for the last two and a half years. Uh, the film team that we put together in order to to make sure that we're doing this the right way have, you know, between them and not with Mogul, but between them outside of Mogul, over 95 feature films, I think $425 million in box office revenue. You know, they've won Emmys, they won Oscars, uh, Golden Globes. So we've really spent the time to make sure that what we were creating is something that the industry wants and the industry needs well you know platform launch uh tomorrow or, or today depending on when this is uh when this is being shown uh and we've got nine movies in the showcase right now so please go in take a look and we'd love any support that you guys or that you can give us or any of your fans can give us as well and i just got to say matthew i'm a huge huge fan of your podcast man i listen to it i i love uh the breakdown and how easy you make it uh, for those that are in crypto and for those that are out of crypto. And I think you provide just an amazing, amazing message.
1: Hey, man, I appreciate that. But we already recorded the interview, so you didn't have to say that. But I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> have a good one, man. Thank you very much for coming out.
3: All right. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Cheers.
1: If you guys remember, a couple of days ago, the first Bitcoin ETF in North America was launched in Canada, not the USA, but Canada. They beat us. They beat us. And Justin Hartsman, CEO of Coinsmart,
0: is going to tell us all about it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Everybody doesn't know that Justin, poor Justin, he's a great guy. He's been waiting on the line because I've been late for this interview. And uh, man, I'm sorry for making you wait.
0: It's all good. Like I said, it's for good reason. So all good.
1: It is absolutely a good reason because Canada has the first Bitcoin ETF. And I want you to tell me what is an ETF and what does this mean for Bitcoin?
0: Yeah, an ETF is an exchange traded fund. And why this is such big news is that there's so many people who have been trying to do this in so many countries. And Canada, uh, as a jurisdiction, has said, we're okay with it. We're going to help innovation. And what this allows is people to buy cryptocurrency or Bitcoin specifically in a fund through a a traditional brokerage from an exchange. So I think uh, it's a great movement forward. I think it's a gateway drug into what we're doing in Bitcoin. People can get a taste of it. And then as they want to move on, we can help them and up their game and actually get into trading and, and dealing with it. So super exciting time for us. Uh, actually, just this morning, you were late, but it was perfect. It gave me the few minutes from market open till now to actually enter uh, on this historic day in Canada and uh, buy some of the fun myself. So pretty excited to see it happen.
1: That's awesome, man. Hey, well, first of all, You're welcome. Uh, But second, what is uh, an exchange-traded fund? Can you explain, like, what what does that even mean for the average consumer?
0: So how this fund works is they have a professional trader who is sitting in the background and, and coming in and out of positions um, passively. This is not an active traded fund. What you're doing is actually when, when you buy a piece of it, whether it's a dollar or a thousand dollars, they're going out buying Bitcoin, they're holding in a cold storage solution. So you're getting access to it without actually taking on um, any of the pieces of owning your own key, which I do think is a very important part of cryptocurrency uh, and something that why we exist out there and again, gateway way drug being ETF than to come to an exchange like ourselves to expand their horizon.
1: Understood. What do you think this is going to do for Bitcoin? And do you think that the USA is going to follow suit with
0: an ETF? It's a great question. What I do think in Canada, I'll talk to Canada, then the US, I think this helps bring legitimacy and trust to a market that's had some bad things in the cryptocurrency space happened in the past with some nefarious players. We've passed on for that over the past few few years, Um, but I really think it's a great way to the regulators are helping build innovation and trust in this market. That said, um, I don't know if US will follow Canada. Uh, I think that they're already working towards that. A lot of people have put in their prospectuses to make it happen. Um, I think it's a good indication that um, jurisdictions that are similar have similar ways of thinking. So I'm excited to see what happens in the US. I do think they'll follow suit just based on timing that Canada went first, not necessarily that Canada did it first.
1: Can you tell me about the process of an ETF in in the United States? I know you're Canadian, but let's just say a a bank applies for uh, an ETF or an exchange applies for a Bitcoin ETF. Who is it up to to approve that ETF?
0: That is, uh, but SEC is is the head of all of that. So, you know, in Ontario, the, it was the Ontario Securities Commission in the US is SEC. So they have to look at, they understand the players involved. They're going to look at all their disclosures, how they're doing that fund, how they are going about it, how they're protecting the consumer. And if they approve that it is something they want to have on the on a, an exchange, they'll be the party to do so.
1: Understood. And, and just a last question really quick. When we said, what does this mean for Bitcoin? I'm, I'm trying to summarize what you just said. Does that
0: mean number go up? Well, you know, I think all this positive uh, positive momentum we're seeing in the market with institutional players coming on, um, regulatory bodies agreeing to have these products come to market. I think they help the mass come to the market. When that happens, we do see a supply and demand problem and, uh, you know, hopefully a price increase over time. So we're we're all looking for the same thing. Uh, I think it's on the horizon and I think we're in a good trajectory moving forward.
1: My man, Justin Hartsman, CEO and co-founder of Coinsmart. Thanks for coming on and explaining ETFs. And congrats on Canada's ETF.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
1: And in our final chat today, we have Jill Carlson, who is now the newest board member of the MENA Foundation. What is MENA? What is the board going to do? And what's her role in it?
2: Yeah, great to be here. Thanks so much for having me.
1: There's some big news coming out today that Mina Foundation has created a board for Nina Protocol. You got to do me a favor. First, tell me, what is Nina Protocol and what is the foundation and the board going to do?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So Mina Protocol is a blockchain cryptocurrency project that has been in the works for several years now. Um, The primary breakthrough that it's bringing to market is uh, the ability to make validation really of access to the blockchain itself scalable. So I don't know if you've ever had the experience of trying to sync a Bitcoin node. I once had the experience, the joy of syncing a full Monero node from my parents' condo Where the internet was really spotty and it took like two weeks to do and they were all like, is this supposed to be the future of finance? If you have, then you know it's a very painful, long, drawn out experience to, to try to actually sync a node. And only by syncing a node can you really fully meaningfully participate in any given blockchain. And so what the MENA protocol brings to market is a much simpler and more scalable way of doing that. Uh, leveraging zero knowledge proofs, we can get into some of the details of it, but it renders it such that the blockchain itself will never be more than the size of a tweet. Uh, so that long painful experience I had of syncing the Monero blockchain can be a thing of the past. We can access this, you know, even from our phones, even in low bandwidth environments.
1: Awesome. So that seems pretty straightforward-ish without going into technical (laughs) stuff. There's Um, (laughs) a lot
2: going on under the hood that's not that
1: straightforward. But that that, that's that's the yes, yes. It it sounds pretty complex under the hood. Uh, But what does a board do then? Uh, What's the foundation? How's the the foundation interact with the protocol? And what would you, being part of the board, do on said board?
2: Yeah, sure. So, you know, as with many projects, um, there's the uh, organization, the company really, that has been working on the technology to date and will continue working on applications and so forth. Given that this is going to be an open source protocol, given that one of the main tenants of the project is decentralization, uh, it's important to have the steward of that be an entity in an organization uh, that is separate from that company. And so we are establishing this foundation. And the board will consist of myself and a few colleagues who I'm really excited about, who I've had the pleasure of working with in different capacities over the years. And we will be primarily focused on fostering the ecosystem in a number of ways. Uh, We will be focused on uh, making grants to ecosystem participants in order to fund development around the MENA protocol itself and also other applications of it.
1: All right, so you're the decision maker. So what de- decisions are you going to be deciding for the future of Mina?
2: Yeah, so I mean, there's, there's a lot that's really exciting that's, that's in the pipeline already. There are a lot of really amazing community participants who've been participating in the testnet for a long time. who are already building all kinds of applications. Uh, Snaps, which is kind of a play on Snarks or ZK Snarks, as we like to call them. Um, and so we'll be working closely, again, with the community Around uh, you know their ability to engage and and continue to develop and foster all kinds of these types of projects.
1: Awesome. So when you say you're a part of the board, you're going to be fostering all these projects, and you know the communities all you know wrapped up in there. You're you're going to be vetting all kinds of different proposals. Is there some like specific proposals that are you're looking to come through the pipe to say, oh yeah, this is the direction, or do you not like actually have the um, that's not your I guess. Overview is the direction you just want to see the best products or the best ideas come through.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's all on behalf of the network, and so you know that's it. It's less about sort of like my personal view of things, and much more about you know what what will foster the health and the success of of the network over the long term.
1: I want to say thank you very much for coming on the show. Congratulations on your role with the Mina Foundation Board, and um, I, I appreciate the the
2: time. Thank you so much. I'm excited and I'm excited to come back soon and uh, report on any updates.
1: Joe Carson, founder of Open Money Initiative. Thank you very much for coming on the show.
2: Thank you. Take care.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Aaron. I know that today's podcast was a little bit out of the ordinary, not the same format that I usually do, but I really wanted you to hear these conversations and these projects, something new in the crypto space to sink your teeth into. On tomorrow's show, we have a long form podcast, a discussion with the newest member of the Decrypt team editor-in-chief Dan Roberts. I'll see you tomorrow, and until then, happy
2: hodling.